Hey, it's Cody Woodard, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this message encourages you and helps you see that God wants to do something new in and through your life. Enjoy the message. Well, we're in um, week two of a series that we've entitled Battle Ready, and I'm so excited to talk around this idea of spiritual warfare. And um, I'm gonna get right into it. Can we do that? Ephesians chapter six, if you have a Bible, you can turn there with me. Ephesians six, I'm gonna start in verse 10. We're gonna go to 14. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. If you're ready, shout, I'm battle ready. There it is. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, Stand firm then. Somebody say stand firm. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. I wanna talk about the belt of truth today and I wanna talk from this thought, holding on to truth. Holding on to truth. Turn to your neighbor and say, hold on to truth. Touch your second neighbor and say, hold on to it. Hold on to it. Will you pray with me? And if you will, stretch your hand towards heaven as a sign of availability. Uh, Father, we thank you that your word is living and active. It's not just a rule book or a history book, but it's, it's your word to us. And so today as we open it, you say it never returns void. And so God, we're not here to go through the motions. We're not here to check it off of our religious box. Uh, not even here to feel good about ourselves. Now we're here to worship you. God, and as I preach the word today, would you anoint my words to speak directly to somebody's situation? Give them a tailor-made word just for their life today. For those who are facing a battle that seems too big for them. Would you give them the strength to fight from victory? We love you. And in Jesus' mighty name, everybody set? Amen. Come on, everybody set? Amen. Amen. Hey, say hi to somebody next to you. Tell them welcome to church. If you're watching online, let us know where you're watching from. Put it in the chat. Talk back to me in the chat too. That'd be great. Well, back in his prime, uh, the famous and greatest boxer of all time, Muhammad Ali, boarded a flight. And as he got on the flight, he began to entertain people in his loud and boisterous and kind of arrogant type of way. And as the flight is getting ready to take off, a flight attendant comes over and says, excuse me, uh, Mr. Mr. Ali, will you, will you please go ahead and take your seat? The plane is about to take off. In which Muhammad Ali replied, he said, woman, do you know who I am? I'm Superman. Superman don't need no stinking seatbelt. And the flight attendant replied, Sir, Superman don't need no airplane neither. Now sit down and buckle your belt. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, buckle up. Buckle up, buckle up. I'm gonna start this off in a really an encouraging way. So if you're new here, you can kind of get an idea of this type of church. Um, you're not as strong as you think you are. I got some amens on that. That's not a good way to start a sermon. The truth is, is we, we think a lot of times more highly than ourselves, and we are in a battle. And the Bible says it's not against flesh and blood, but it's against the powers of evil, against this dark realm. You have a real enemy. His name is Satan. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life, John 10, 10 said. And last week, we talked about how this enemy, he is a deceiver. That he, he, his, his goal is destruction. And so he wants, to, he wants to tear apart your life. He wants to cause destruction in your life. He wants to deceive you. And he is determined to do whatever it takes 
for him to take out your family, take out your, your peace, take out your, your kids, take out your job, take out your finances. He is determined, but I got good news. He's also defeated. And so you and I today, this whole series really isn't about how do I fight for victory, but rather how do I fight from victory? And I love this passage because Paul opens it up and he, he has this sense of urgency as he writes to the Ephesians church because they're growing and, and they're healthy and, and they're moving forward with the mission of God, but he wants to let them know to not forget about the battle that they're in. And here's why, because Christianity is not a playground, it's a battleground. And he calls you and I to be battle ready. And what's interesting as he opens up this passage and talks about putting on the full armor of God, he starts with what we call the belt of truth. Do I have any just belt people in the house? You just love a good belt. Okay, nobody, me either, all right. For the longest time, I thought I knew the purpose of a belt, like everybody thinks they know, like it's to hold up your pants. But then I got to thinking, you know, you, you put on the belt, but the belt has to go through belt loops. And without the belt loops, the belt is pointless. So who's the real hero? I think it's the belt loops, come on. <laughs> But I'm not a belt guy. In fact, I own like literally one belt. It's a two for one, but I own one belt. Now, I wear this belt. This is what I call my everyday belt. This is my go-to belt. Anybody else got a go-to belt? All right, does this look familiar to anybody? Any parents in the house, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's not what I use it for, but this is my go-to belt. I wear this belt on two occasions, funerals and weddings. And if I'm wearing black, I wear it on this side. And if I'm wearing navy or gray or brown, I flip it over and I wear it on this side. Come on, somebody. It's like, what am I, six? Yes, a reversible belt. You just take the buckle and pull it and twist it. It's great. Any men got a reversible belt in the house? Look at all the men. Absolutely. Your wives are ashamed of you. Uh, now, ladies, you may not relate to this. You may wear something that we call an accessory belt. And an accessory belt, it's a little bit more fancy. You might see this Gucci leopard belt walking around on the Franklin Square. Come on. Right? You, you, it's got to match or it's gotta enhance your outfit. You won't even put it in buckles. It don't even hold your pants up. You just stick it just like this on an outfit. <laughs> Guys, you can't relate to the leopard belt. Neither can I, this is not mine. Um, men, some of you in the house, if you're from Bethpage, <laughs> this, is the, uh, this is the Bethpage Bible buckle belt right here. If you can't see this, um, this has got like a cross and a donkey and somebody kneeling at the cross. <laughs> You know, when you wear this, like, it's two things you're communicating. One, you're from Bethpage, all right? Number two. Number two is you mean business. You love Jesus, but you will take that belt buckle off and you will whip somebody's tail with it. That's what, that's what this means. But that's not the belt Paul's describing. Uh, for others of you, I've heard it taught this way, and I want to correct it. For some of you, you, you wear this type of belt maybe when you, when you go to work. Um, this is... This is a tool belt. Now, I'm not going to put this thing on because it'll, I'll probably drop everything. This is a tool belt. Not anybody that rocks a tool belt in the house. Okay, two people. Good for you. You work hard. <laughs> this is not mine. I borrowed this from somebody. And as I got it from me, shook my hand. And he's like, man, your hands are soft. You need to get outside. <laughs> Thank you. If, if, if this was my belt, I would have like a Bible, a water bottle, and a crunch bar pulling out of that thing, you know. But you got the tool belt. Now, some people talk about, you know, you want to get tools in your belt and People think that this is kind of the picture that Paul is, is describing, this idea of a tool belt where you got all these different kind of weapons you can just whip out. That's not the belt he was describing. In fact, when Paul was writing this, I wanna give you some context here. Um, when Paul was writing this, he would have been looking at a Roman guard. And so as he sits there in a prison cell and he's looking at this Roman guard who is, who is 
who is covered in his armor, one of the things that he notices is the belt that he is wearing. And the belt was really important. In fact, I would argue it might be the most important piece of armor because here's what the belt does. The belt stabilizes and strengthens the core. And so what this belt was used for is it was the thing that actually held up and kept intact the rest of the armor, which was important back then because a Roman guard would have to wear about 70 to 85 pounds of armor and would be standing or running or in war from anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day. And so without the belt of truth, without the belt on, all of the armor wouldn't be held in place. And so here's the belt. It doesn't look like this, but this is probably the best thing I could figure out how to describe what this belt was really used for. Um, this is a weightlifting belt. Now, before some of y'all think I don't use this because I got little legs, I do use it. Thank you very much. Um, this is a weightlifting belt. And the purpose of this belt, right? The purpose of this belt is to actually help you carry things or put things on your back that's too heavy for you to carry. That it would be wise of you when you're lifting something really heavy and you're having to carry a lot of weight that you would put this on so that you can be stabilized and strengthened in your core. And so the reason this is important is because without this, you can't carry everything God has called you to carry. And can I just tell you, some of you have been called to carry the history of your family. You got a destiny on your life. You got a purpose on your life. But without this belt wrapped around your life, you won't be able to carry it. Everything falls apart. So it's this idea that this helps me carry the things God has given me to carry. It helps me strengthen and stabilize the core. And without it, everything else in life begins to follow apart. And so here's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to get you to do this right here and take it off. And the reason why is because he knows that your core is the most important part of your body. Anybody ever hurt their back before? Hurt your legs? When you go to the doctor, a lot of times what they're gonna tell you or the physical therapist, if you have an injury somewhere in your body, they're gonna talk to you about having strength in your core because everything is connected to the core. And if your core is strong, the rest of your body will be strong. But if your core is weak, the rest of the body will be weak. And so what the enemy does in his tactic is he's gonna go after the thing that he knows if you don't have it, you can't carry everything God's called you to carry. And so what does he do? He attacks truth. And some of you right now are losing this battle to an enemy, to a defeated enemy, not because you don't have the power to overcome it in Jesus, but because you have taken off the belt that's required to stand firm in Jesus. And you're wondering why you find yourself all unstable when things happen in life. It's because you haven't been wearing the belt of truth. Can I get a good amen? amen? And so this is the purpose of the belt is to help us strengthen and be stable in our core because everything is connected to it. And this is what the enemy does. He is the master deceiver. And so here's what will happen. If you take off this belt, or even if you're wearing it, he's trying to get into the core of who you are and tell you that God doesn't love you. He doesn't have a plan for you. He's left you. He's forsaken you. He's put too much on you that he doesn't care. He's left. He's gone. Why would he let that happen? And he begins to speak lies and lies and lies and lies all into your life. This is what he does. This, the enemy, write this down. The enemy deals in deception 
And the problem with deception, the problem with being deceived is you don't actually know you're deceived. And so the truth is for some of us is that we've been living a lie, calling it truth and thinking that it's good, but we've been deceived. And so here then becomes the question because all of truth is held together. All of truth starts right here. The question then becomes is what is truth? Now that should be an easy question. What is truth? Not so easy to answer in today's society, is it? Write this down, here's what truth is. Truth is a objective standard by which reality is measured. Hard to digest, let me give, you like to, give it to you like this. Truth is God's view on any subject. You like that definition? It's God's view on any subject. It's what God says about anything. If God says it, that makes it true. What God says about sexuality is true. What God says about your money, true. What God says about morality, it's true. Anything God speaks to and says, this is truth and that's a lie, makes it true. So what is truth? I'm gonna break it down even more. Truth is God's word. Now, I know that that's obvious. I didn't get a lot of amens on that, but it's important for us to understand that this is exactly what truth is and you and I don't get to define it. Truth is not your feelings. Truth isn't even what you believe is true. Truth is what God says is true. You, you can passionately believe in something and be passionately believing wrong. And so the enemy, he tries to deceive your life. And it's important that you and I, we, we put the belt of truth on. And here's why, write this down if you missed it, because the belt of truth is what stabilizes and strengthens the life of the believer. You and I need this belt if we're gonna be in this battle. And listen, you're in the battle whether you wanna be or not. Whether, whether, you, whether you recognize what I'm telling you today or not, there is a reason it is so hard for you to pray. There is a reason it is so hard for you to lift your hands and worship. There is a reason it's so hard to raise your kids in a society and raise them up to know Jesus. It's not just coincidence. It's not just the government. No, it's spiritual warfare. It's real. There's an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And if you don't understand this and you attack this battle with the wrong weapons and you don't have a belt on that holds it together, you will always fall. And so some of us, we're, we're failing in temptation rather than standing in truth because we've taken truth off of our lives. And so the devil, he distills in deception. John 8, 44 says this, he was a murderer from the beginning, the devil, not holding on to, not holding on to, for there is no in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and a father of lies. He's trying to deceive you. He's trying to lie to you. And I know I'm coming off intense right now. This series will be over in like five weeks. Come back later if you don't like it. <laughs> but this is what he tries to do. And this is why it's so important for you to be in the word. And let me say this, and be in church at, on the fr first day of the week. Because listen, if you're not reading the word daily and you ain't in church on the first day of the week, Monday's gonna come and you're gonna wonder why your life's falling apart. There's something that happens when the people of God get together and open the word of God, transformation begins to happen. That's what happens. 
And so this is why we gather. And I'm just encouraging you. Like if you're, if you're here, you need to keep coming back, not because we're trying to fill a room, but because we're trying to fill heaven and there's a real enemy and God wants you to stand strong. Can I get an amen? amen. So what is the truth? Well, it almost depends on who you ask these days. Concerning for me, because I'm a millennial, I work with a lot of millennials. I'm surrounded by a lot of millennials right now in this room. I have Gen Z working with me. And here, here's the deal. One third of millennials and Gen Z would say this statement is true. Something can be absolutely true for you and absolutely false for me. They think that truth is relative and truth is not relative. Truth is absolute. Truth is timeless. If it was truth, then it is truth now. And we live in a world that doesn't want us to call a lie a lie and a truth a truth because they want us to, to conform into this ideology that we're supposed to get along and do everything. And then for the sake of getting along, I can't tell you what's going on in your life isn't true because if I do that, I'm politically incorrect. Like this is the world we live in. I'm not trying to get all like political, but isn't it interesting that two news outlets can look at the same exact event on the same exact day with the same exact cameraman. And guess what? One news statement will say this is true and the other news channel will say this is true and they're both the opposites. How is that possible? Because we tried to make truth relative to the situation and truth is not relative to the situation. Truth is absolute to a holy God. Truth is defined by God, not by man. It's interesting to me that, you know, 10 years ago, almost everybody in this room would say like, our country will never take on some of those ideologies that we've taken on today. The church would never side with that, but now we have whole denominations breaking apart and falling apart because they're too concerned with the opinion of people rather than standing on the truth of God's word. And let me just tell you, look, I'm gonna get off my soapbox in a minute. If you're gonna come to church here, let me make my promise to you. My promise is to preach the full counsel of God. I do not cut parts out of it that I don't like just because it makes you uncomfortable. Here's my job. My job is to feed sheep, not entertain goats. I'm not a comedian. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not up here to just make you feel good. I'm up here to preach the word of God. My, my job isn't just to make you feel better. My job is to make you follow Jesus. It's to help you get better in life. It's to help you understand what God says is true versus the lies that so many of us are holding on to. And what this world needs this what we need is discernment. Now, what is discernment? I love, I love what the great theologian Charles Spurgeon said. He says this. He says, discernment, it's not knowing the difference between right and wrong. Discernment is the difference between knowing what is right and almost right. Isn't that the world we live in today? It's not that we don't know right from wrong. It's that we don't know right from almost right. And we've adopted this ideology, and you hear me say this a lot because it gets on my last nerves, of my truth. I just wanna live my truth. What does that even mean? What's well, just my truth? You can't tell me what my truth is because it's my truth. No, you're talking about your experience and your experience doesn't make it true. Hear me clearly. Your experience is not your truth. It's your experience. Here's how I know. 
When I was six years old, do you me tell you my truth? My truth was that there was a boogeyman underneath my bed. That was my truth. In fact, when I was 10 years old, I wouldn't go to sleep with my closet door open because that was a portal for little Chucky to come in and murder me. Some of you are like, wait, I can close my closet at night? Yes. But see, my truth at six and my truth at 10 are not my truth at 32. I believed it with everything in me. I'd pull the sheets up over my head, them, them holy ghost sheets that will keep the devil out. You know what I mean? But that don't make it true. Now I'm 32. I don't have to do that. I can sleep in my bed at night with the door open, the lights off. Doesn't matter. Why? Ain't no boogeyman going to be sitting underneath my bed. Now, that doesn't mean I don't enforce my household. Come on, we live in the South. If you try to break into my house, I got a little extra weapons that we can deal with it on. All right, I know some I'm making y'all mad. I'm getting, off, I'm getting off topic here. He's talking about guns now. No, just relax, all right? Just relax. Truth is absolute. Here we go. Spiritual warfare, all it really is, it's a fight of enforcement. It's a fight for what already belongs to you. Victory already belongs to you in Jesus. But when we use the armor of God, we're enforcing what is already ours. Are you tracking with me? So, so truth is absolute. Truth is timeless. Truth is the word of God. And here's the good news. If truth is the word of God, then that means truth can be known, which is a big deal in today's society, that truth can actually be known. Because if we were to ask everybody in this room, what is truth? Most of us are gonna go, you know what? I don't even know what truth is anymore. I got all these people over here telling me that this is true. And I got the other people saying that this is true. And I don't really know what is true. And I think part of this issue outside of the whole my truth kind of movement is Christians, y'all, can I just be a pastor for a second? Christians, we do some weird crap on Facebook and Instagram. I mean, we're posting some weird stuff, all right? Like in one moment, we're posting things that are absolute truth. We'll quote the Bible verse of the day. And in the next moment, we're posting some kind of crazy conspiracy and we're calling them the same thing. Like for some, some of us, we're like, oh man, God provided for me. God loves me. He's the creator of all things. And then the next post we talk about, well, the universe didn't have my back. Who is the universe? Oh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. The Holy Spirit empowered me. And then the next very post, you're selling energy crystals. Is this too real for you today? Like, we're into some crazy things. And here's why it matters. Here's why it matters. This is why I'm getting to this. I'm getting to a point, I promise. Here's why it matters. Because people who are non-believers who are looking at your life and they're seeing you post truth and these crazy freaking conspiracies, they think you're gullible and ignorant. And it's making the church look dumb. So if you're gonna do conspiracy theories, I love a good conspiracy theory, email it to me, but get that crap off Facebook. Because, because listen, people think you don't have a brain because you're saying that this is true and this is true and obviously you're reading one news channel or the other and you're declaring that's truth. It's gonna be like, well, I know which news channel is the truth. No, you don't. This is the truth. What God says on any subject is the truth. How do we know it? How do we know the truth? Hebrews 1 says this, if God's word is the truth, how do we know 
the truth. Hebrews 1 says this, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, lean in, and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. If you wanna know the truth, you look to God. If you wanna know what God looks like, you look at Jesus. John 1 1 says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and John 14, six, Jesus answered, I am the way and the, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Here's how you can know truth because truth is a person and his name is Jesus. And that's good news because you and I can actually know Jesus because he didn't just stay out there somewhere. No, he actually came to earth and walked the life that we couldn't walk. And now he says, you wanna know truth, follow me and you will find truth. And if you don't know truth, you'll get life wrong because everything is held up with truth. Everything about your life hangs on truth. Everything about Christianity hangs on truth. And your answer to what is truth is directing your life right now. Everything hangs on truth. And when you don't know truth, there's a couple of things that happen. When you don't know Jesus, when you don't know what the word of God says, here's what you will do. You will mistake a temptation as a good opportunity. You'll think, man, this is a great opportunity. Ladies, let me talk to you. Give me an example. Um, Here's how spiritual warfare can look in your life. You go to your job. Let me tell you something about your job. There's probably men at your job. Let me tell you something about men. Men like women. Okay, most of the time. And here's what will happen. That man, some man at your job, here's what will happen eventually, okay? He's gonna compliment you in the way you wish your husband would compliment you. He's gonna talk about how pretty you are. He's gonna notice that you got your hair done, unlike your husband half the time. He's gonna tell you everything you wish your husband would tell you. And if you don't know the truth, what you'll do is you'll go, man, God must, God loves me. He wants me to be happy. And so maybe I should just go ahead and be with this man. It's a good opportunity. No, it's not. It's the temptation. For some of you, it's like you're going to get an opportunity and and, and really it's a temptation. It's going to look like a good opportunity because you're going to get the opportunity to make $10,000 more this year. And if you don't know the truth, what you will do is you'll think that making $10,000 more this year is worth not seeing your family anymore. It's worth not being able to be in church on Sunday. It's worth not having godly community. But man, it's a good opportunity for what, $10,000? You me tell you how you know if it's a temptation? It's always a temptation if it ever gets you to compromise what God says to prioritize. Ooh, that's a word. If you're having to give up on the things that God says should be priority in your life, it ain't a good opportunity. It's a temptation and you will take off the belt of truth and put on the belt of money and wonder why your life begins to fall apart because money can't save your soul. And so I put on truth. I put on the word of God. I know the truth. If you don't know the truth, here's what you'll do. You'll mistake a trial as punishment. 
You ever been through something and thought maybe God was punishing you for it? Oh man, I failed. I did the thing I said I would never do again. Been sober for six months. Drank it again. Popped it again. I, I messed up. I lied again. Or maybe it's stuff that happens to you and you think, man, I got laid off my job. I think God is punishing me. Instead of understanding that in this world, we will have trouble, we will have trials, but Jesus says, take heart, do not fear because I have overcome the world. And some of the things that you go through are because of your dumb decisions, but other times it's just the trials of life. And if you don't know the truth, you'll make it out to be that God is punishing you. Here's the third one. You'll mistake a demonic attack for God's judgment. And here's what I mean by that. We think that God is this God up in heaven who's just waiting for us to do something wrong. Waiting to us to take that belt and just pop it a couple times to get you in line. Like the cosmic cop ready to arrest you every time you go a, a mile per hour over the speed limit. God is not a cosmic cop up in heaven looking to judge you. In fact, it says that he is faithful to forgive because he is a just and loving God. And so God's not looking to judge you. And here's why. He already poured out his judgment on Jesus. And so it would be unjust of God to judge you if you've been covered by the blood of the lamb. So it's, it's not God judging you. It may just be a demonic attack. And here's why I say that. Because if he can convince you it's God, you will fight God instead of fighting him. You will take all your attention rather than understanding what the truth says and you will focus it on being mad and angry and frustrated at God when really it was just an attack from the enemy and you missed it. So we have to know truth. I build my life on the truth, not on cultural opinion. I don't know about you, but if I'm gonna raise my family, if I wanna make a difference in this city, I don't care who's in office 10 years from now. I don't care what laws are made 20 years from now because Isaiah tells me that the grass withers and it fades, but the word of God remains forever. So I'm gonna build my life on what God says, even when the truth hurts. Truth hurts sometimes, doesn't it? If you come to church here, and there's some things that I say that hurt you, it's not because I'm trying to beat you up. What it is, is the truth of God's word is coming into conflict with the lie of your flesh and it don't feel good. And what so many people do is that when they get a little uncomfortable, they'll run from a church because it, that upset me. Listen, if I say everything that you already know and it aligns with culture, I'm not preaching God's word, I'm preaching people's opinion. Listen, if I preach this, it should come against some of the cultural norms that we hear, we're, in, we're a part of. It should. And so, so listen, the truth can hurt. Here's the good news, but it always helps. You ever, you ever read the Bible or heard a sermon? Not in this church, because I know you understand what I'm saying. In a different church that you didn't understand? <laughs> you, ever, you ever taken the time to like actually read the Bible and you read it and you're going... I don't know what the heck I just read. Is that any, anybody else in the house? That happened to me like this week, no lie. I read it and I was like, don't know what that one means, just keep on reading, you know? Um, we, we've all been there. You've all heard sermons, heard talks, motivational speaks, whatever. Uh, that You were like, ah, it sounded good. I don't really know what it means for me. And it hurt a little bit. 
But I wanna encourage you to continue to read because Jesus refers to him as the living water. He is the word, he is the living water. The Bible is like water. And here's what happens. When you take this thing into your soul and you drink from this cup and you drink this water, you may not always understand what it says, but it's always working in areas you didn't know need to be worked on. It cleanses you in areas that you didn't even know were dirty. And so when you read it, you're like, ah, oh, I didn't understand it, but it's working. And what I found out is that when I read things that I don't understand, if I will continue to take in the word, eventually God will reveal to me what that actually meant for me because I'll be able to look back on my life and go, oh, that's what it meant because he healed the area I didn't even know he needed to heal because it always works. It always helps. So let me encourage you. If you have a hard time reading the Bible, keep reading it because healing happens when God is in the equation. Amen? So, so it always helps. Let me, let, me, let me go back to this passage. I'm kind of everywhere a little bit. Let me reel it in. Verse 14 says, to stand firm then, to wrap or with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. I love this idea because the Greek word there for, for truth can be translated truthfulness. So what he's saying is he's saying, I want you to buckle or wrap your life with truthfulness. I want you to wrap your life with things that are true. That's what's gonna hold you together. Everything is held together by that. And, and I love this passage because he's going, listen, if you're gonna follow me, you're gonna have to wrap your life in truth. You're gonna have to put on truth. So here's the question. How do we put on truth? Real quick, Joshua 1.8 says this. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. That's God calling, pick up, hello. <laughs> so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Three things, if you wanna take in this word, if you wanna wrap your life in the belt of truth, what do you gotta do? The first thing is, is you, you gotta read this. You gotta read it. You don't know where to start. Okay, start in the book of John. It's the gospel, it's the life of Jesus. You're like, I got some hard decisions I gotta make. Start in Proverbs, it's wisdom literature. I need to be encouraged. Start, start in the book of Psalms. And you're thinking, man, I'm crazy. There's some crazy thoughts in the book of Psalms. You're gonna see you're not alone. If you're mad because all these religious people have judged you your whole life, read Matthew. That's who the book was written at. Here's what I would tell you. Pick a place, pick a time, and pick a plan. Just pick a place, wherever it may be. For me, really weird. It's in my truck. I know that's, not while I'm driving, but like I sit in the parking lot. <laughs> People think I'm real weird. There's a pastor sitting in his truck for two hours reading the Bible. Anyway, um, pick a place, pick a time, pick a plan. What's the plan? How do I read it? How do I read it? Let me give you an easy method. Some of you have heard of this acronym before. Here's how I studied the Bible. It's an acronym called SOAP, S-O-A-P. Here's what it stands for, write it down. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So what do I do when I read the, you wanna know what your pastor does? I open the Bible, not like this, I have a plan, okay? But let's say I'm reading through the book of Matthew, I'm in Matthew chapter five. I'll, I'll, I'll read the scripture, I'll write down anything that sticks out that I observe. Then I do the work to understand why it was actually written. I don't make it say what I want it to say. And then I go, hey, God, how does this apply to my life? What do you want to change in me? What do you want to do in me? And then I'll pray and I'll go, here's where I've messed up. Here's where I really could use your help. 
And that's, that's what my time looks like. So you got to read it. Here's the second thing you got to do. You got to speak it. Somebody say, speak it. He says to keep it on your lips. Can I tell you why? Because when you speak the word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when you start to speak God's truth out loud, the enemy's lies begin, begin to go away and you drown them out because you're speaking the word of God over your life. So I speak the promises of God. I speak the scriptures of God. I memorize it. I, I let it stay right here so that no matter what conversation I'm in, if all of a sudden the enemy starts to throw flaming arrows at my life and begins to tackle me or come after me with lies, I know the truth and I can speak to it right then. What did Jesus do when he was tempted by the devil? He didn't just know the truth, he spoke the truth. And then here's the final thing, you gotta apply it. You gotta apply this thing to your life. It's not just about what you know, it's about what you do with you know, with what you know. See, we all know that passage of scripture, I've said it a couple times, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We all know that passage, but let me go to the verse before it. Because here's the key. If you want to know the truth and the truth is going to set you free, here's what the passage says, or the verse says, I should say, right before it, verse 31. If you hold, somebody say hold. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. What does that mean? Obedience is God's love language. He says, if you hold to my teaching. So watch this. It's not just the word I hear. It's the word that I hold. Because if I hear it, but I don't hold it, it doesn't have me. So it's about the word that I actually hold. See, the religious leaders, they knew the word. They just didn't hold on to it. And what God is trying to get you to see is you gotta hold on to the word. And here's the problem. Some of us are gonna have to learn how to let go of our lies if we're gonna hold on to the truth because you cannot have both of them. One will bow to the other. And the temptation for so many of us, especially in the South, is we take this right here and we use it as a narrative to say whatever we wanna say. Listen, we don't change the Bible to fit our narrative. We change our narrative to fit the Bible. This doesn't change, we change. And so this is this idea of holding on to truth. And when you hold on to truth, truth will transform you. It'll transform your life. When you start to hold on to this thing, truth begins to transform you. It begins to change you. Because everything hangs on truth. I'm gonna say it again. Everything hangs on truth. Let me illustrate it for you again. Everything hangs on truth. All of your life hangs on truth. All of your emotions, your wills, your actions, your attitudes, it all hangs on truth. And if you try to carry it, it will crush you. And here's why truth will transform. Because truth got up on a cross 
and took what you couldn't carry. And just when people thought he was defeated, rose again, defeating death, hell, sin, and the grave once and for all. And now truth outweighs the lies. Amen. amen. That's a good amen. Come on, y'all shout, shout, shout you down right here. So listen to me. Truth is what transforms. And let me tell you why I'm holding on to truth. Why you gotta hold on to truth. The only way you can hold on to truth. Touch your neighbor, say, hold on to truth. Here's why. We hold on to truth because truth held on to you. That when you failed, he didn't fail. That when you ran away, he didn't go anywhere. That when you sinned, he forgave. That when you turned your back on him, he didn't turn his back on you. So therefore, we hold on to truth because truth held on to me. We love because he first loved me. We give because he first gave to me. We serve because he first served us. Isn't that, isn't that a good God that's worth worshiping? Come on, that's what it means to hold on to truth. We hold on to truth because truth held on to us. He's worthy, you could trust him. So today my prayer would be you hold on to truth. And for some of you, you've held on to lies for far too long and you've tried to do this thing called life without the belt around you and you wonder why you're all unstable. The only way you will be stable and strong enough for this battle is when you hold on to Jesus. When you find your strength in him. He's the only person in the history of the universe who could do what you could not do, who was perfect, who died and rose again so that you could be forgiven and set free. That's why we hold on to truth, amen? We stand with me? Um, I wanna pray the prayer for some of you that, um, I, I wanna give you the opportunity because some of you have given your life to Jesus, but you've taken off the belt and you've had a hard time believing what is true and what's not true had a hard time understanding what the Bible actually says and you've taken off the belt and life feels unstable right now. And today, here's your next step. You gotta put the belt back on. You gotta start spending time in the word of God. You gotta start feeding your mind and your soul with the truth of God's word so that you can be transformed. It's not enough to just come in here and listen to me preach it. It's time that we go, I'm gonna get battle ready and I'm gonna wrap my life and I'm gonna buckle this belt just a little bit tighter so that when the world throws things at me, I can stand my ground because I know who's standing with me. Amen? So for some of you, it's going, I'm putting back on the belt. For others of you, it's letting go of the lie. And today, you gotta embrace the truth that Jesus is who he says he is. He's done what he said he's done. He will do what he says he will do. And he is worthy of your life. It's to go, hey, I'm, I'm embracing this truth, which is the truth, into my life. It, it, it's the only way. We have to get back to the origin of where things started. It started with God. So let's cling to it. Let me pray two prayers. The first one will be for the first group you that need to put the belt on. The second one will be for those who wanna say yes to Jesus today. We pray this with me? Or bow your heads, I should say. Father, I pray for those who are gonna be putting back on the belt where they've taken it off. Would they wrap their life in truth? Would they, would they buckle it? Would it, would it, 
Would it be the thing they cling to when they need it the most? Would you stabilize and strengthen them for whatever battles are ahead, knowing that they don't have to fight for the victory, but fight from the victory? Thank you for your word. Thank you for this piece of armor. God, and I, I ask that you, um, that you would save those right now who have never surrendered their life to the gospel of Jesus, who've never said yes to you. Would you do it right now? Would you extinguish the lies that are trying to keep them from making this decision right now? And would you speak the truth that they are loved, that they are known, that they are forgiven because of the finished work of Jesus? So pray this with me. Say, today, I hold on to you. I give you my life. Thank you for loving me. I surrender all. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Hey, well, thank you guys for being here today. Will y'all just put your hands together for those who made that decision? Come on. Um, we'd love to know about it. If that's you, you can fill out that Connect card. If you got a way we can pray for you, let us know. Um, man, thanks for being here. Next week, we're gonna take a look at the breastplate of righteousness. Um, I pray today's message was helpful for you, impactful for you. And uh, I can't wait to see you back here next weekend for Love Day. Thank you in advance for all of those who are gonna serve. And we can't wait to see you back for week three of Battle Ready. We love you. Have a good week. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. If it encouraged you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to stories at renovation.church. And if you'd like to partner with us financially and help us continue to reach people all over the world, you can do that by going to our website, renovation.church give. Have a blessed day.